So God, we take time as your body, as the church of Jesus Christ, to give you the glory. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. So Lord, as we gather around your word this morning, may it be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Speak to our spirits. May we go from this place encouraged, built up, passionate for you this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, let's just give him praise, shall we? Hallelujah. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2. And as you're turning, um, I turn to the pastors and I, 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 I motioned to them and I pointed to the worship team. That was amazing. Can you just give them a great hand, what they're doing, how, how God is using them? Thank you. Matthew chapter 2, let's remain standing for the reading of God's word, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Before you're seated, turn to the person next to you. Tell them, I love you more than turkey, stuffing, and plum pudding. All right? Then you may be seated. I just want to say on behalf of my wife and I what a pleasure and a privilege it has been to be your pastor these four months. Um, I've learned several things while I've been here. 
None of the least of those is always keep the top on the bottle of water. Very important. I want to say what a privilege it has been to work with the staff. They have been absolutely amazing, and they were amazing before I got here as they went through a really challenging time, as you have. <coughs> Working with the board, it's just been a real delight. Getting to know so many of you, and I just want to thank you from the depths of our heart. Thank you for letting us in. And what you've been through as a church, that's not always easy. But you've not only let us in, you've let Holy Spirit in. And Holy Spirit is what brings the healing and brings the hope. So I want to encourage you under Pastor Tom Cathy's leadership just to continue to worship. Continue to have that passion for pursuing God. Here's a man who loves Holy Spirit as well. And we are believing God for great things. If you have any problem with us leaving now, please talk to my wife and she will tell you why. <laughs> she and I have an arrangement. When you've been married 53 years, you develop arrangements. If I take her to Florida for three months, she lets me do whatever I want the other nine. It's just a great, great deal. Somebody said this. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. <laughs> I really like that. So thank you. Um, unless the phone doesn't ring in April, we'll get a chance to come back and, and visit, and we look forward to that. I want to share with you our final message, and by the way, cafe is open afterwards, and they have a spread out there. We're going to just enjoy that time of fellowship, and also our final service will be on Christmas Eve. And uh, as Brent and Wendy come, great friends of ours for a lot of years, uh, my father married them. They are across the lake from us, and uh, we had the privilege of marrying their daughter and son-in-law who are in ministry, and we baptized all of their children in the lake. So we go back a lot of years, and I know that they will minister to you great musicians and singers, so I trust you'll be able to be with us and bring family and friends, one-hour service, six to seven. It's going to be beautiful candlelight and one of the highlights of, of our year. The life of Christmas. Proverbs says, those who find me find life. Jesus said, I'm come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. God's nature is not only love, but it's also life and light. By his very nature, God is against any darkness that lies within me. The purpose of light is to set us free 
from anything that hinders deep intimacy with him. The light must always be in our face, not our side or our back. The light must always be a focal point of our relationship with God. And can I suggest that we must run to the light, we must be retainers of the light, and we must be releasers of the light. First point is this, when, we, when people see the light, they will want to find the king. We do have, oh, we do have the PowerPoint. I mean, we have an outline for you. Anyone not get an outline, just raise your hand. We'll make sure you, you get one so you can follow along. When we are walking with God and we are embracing the light, <clears throat> People will want what you have. I want to be honest with you. There are some people that call themselves Christians. I don't want to be around them because I'm afraid of what I might catch. But when you're truly in intimacy with God, people will be attracted to your life. Matthew says, thank you. Matthew says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Darkness is not just a place void of light. Darkness is the dominion of Satan, and we are called to displace the enemy. We aren't there to put up with him. <clears throat> we aren't there to listen because anytime he speaks, he can only speak in lies. We aren't there to put up with him. We aren't there to be afraid of him. We are there to displace him. Because we have the light of Jesus in our life. The angels who did not keep their positions of authority, Jude 6, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting change for judgment on the great day. Acts says, I am sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. We as a church need to be light. And my challenge to you this morning, as you come into the new year, make sure you're salt and make sure you're light and make sure that you influence the world and the world doesn't influence you. Philippians says, <coughs> excuse me, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. And so this, you, we could just preach on Philippians 2, 14 and 15. How do you have light? You're in right standing with God. And as I've said to you, that's the goal of our devotions is that we're standing before God at the end of it, and we're saying there is nothing that, that, you haven't, that you've asked me to do I haven't done or I'm not willing to do. That's what it is, to be blameless. Holy Spirit speaks to us. And as you're in right standing with God, the light shines. You'll walk into a room, people will know that you're different, and they'll want what you have. When people see the light, they'll want to find the king. 
And so when we read this, we read in verses 1 and 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The church needs to be a star. We've had some different phenomenon in the last year or so. And, and people say, did, did you see the eclipse? Did you see this? Did you see that? I want people to say in the coming year, have you heard about Gordon? Hmm. There's a star there. There's light there. You see, when Holy Spirit is present, I was trying to not knock anything over on my last Sunday. <laughs> when Holy Spirit is present, people leave the service and they say, was that ever a good service? They, not everybody understands it, but I'm here to tell you it's the presence of the King. It's the presence of Holy Spirit. It, it's it, my my spirit was <clears throat> was fed this morning. We try to do all these things, and you know the music and the PowerPoint and all of these things we're trying to do in this modern day, and it's all good. But I tell you, if you don't have the presence of the King. It's all soulish. I have no time to go to a soulish church. If there's a church where there's prophetic anointing on the on the worship, and I get a sense that the pastor has spent time with Jesus. You can do a lot of things in the, as a pastor, but your responsibility is to be in the presence of God every single day so that you have a fresh word and it convinces people that Jesus is real. And that sermon isn't found on the internet in some outline. It's found on your face before God where you're reading the word and the word comes alive and you have fresh manna for the house. That's what God calls us to. That's our responsibility. That's our calling. That's got to be the priority. Is Jesus present? Is the light in the house? I want to find the star. There are people in this city that are looking for a church that has the presence of Holy Spirit. And where the presence is, there's going to be the supernatural. God, bring back the supernatural. Where people are healed and saved and filled with Holy Spirit, bring it back. We are a Pentecostal people. It's not a name that's supposed to be on the door. It's supposed to be in our spirit. God, bring that freshness. We want to find the king because we've seen the star. People aren't looking for the king because there's no star. There's no light. There's no difference. We're just another club and another organization. And people don't have time. But they'll go where there's the presence of God. Number two, I love this. When you carry the light, 
you will disturb people. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Look at verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. When was the last time you disturbed somebody? He walked into the office of people. Oh, here, here he comes. You know what our problem is today? We want to fit in. <laughs> we want. Do you know the Bible actually calls you a peculiar people? You say, Pastor, oh, I know, I married one. No, no, that's not, that's, that's not what he's talking about. It's talking about we're different. He was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. You see, they were just so used to a, an earthly king. When he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that prophecy is being fulfilled because Jesus came. And there's over a hundred prophecies that he's coming back. We sang about What a powerful song we sang about. The prophet is written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. <clears throat> we were talking before the service with couple of people and they were wondering if this was Pastor Chalner and said no and 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 one of the deacons said you'll you'll find out in a few minutes and 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 as we talked we both agreed there shouldn't be any secrets in church so we were we were kind of kibitzing back and forth you know that fear brings secrets? Oh, don't. I grew up in a Scotch culture that said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. <laughs> That's a whole other sermon. Anyway, see, koinonia, spirit-to-spirit -spirit relationship, is about honesty. And so when the presence of the Lord comes, you either get happy or convicted. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. <clears throat> if it's the real presence of God. Oh, this is the word of God. I'm excited. Or we become convicted. I want you to brush off the conviction, step into the light, and start to enjoy yourself. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The enemy wants to put chains around and bring secrecy and, and, and all of this kalunga. This stuff that isn't of God. I'll tell you, when you know God and you're free, oh, there's a place. And my, my prayer is that in the coming weeks that that place will be yours. 
Many are not fond of the light because it's rooted in humility and revealing who we really are. And we've been talking to you about intimacy, and intimacy is into me see. When you're in right standing with God, you just welcome the presence of God. I just look at John chapter 3, and this is what it says. John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly, but that they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, true sons and daughters just welcome the light. Where are we going today, Father? Is there something else that you want to show me? Is there another layer of the onion you want to peel back so I become more like you? See, Jesus doesn't want to just influence you. He wants to take over. I want to say that again. That felt When I said that, it felt really good. Jesus doesn't just want to influence you. He wants to take over you. He doesn't want to come alongside you. He wants to come inside. He doesn't just want to date you. He wants to marry you. He doesn't just want to be friends. He wants to be intimate. He doesn't want you to be the tail. He wants you to be the head. He doesn't want you just on Sundays. He wants you 24-7. He doesn't want you to have Satan as an enemy. He wants you to be Satan's enemy. Another real good place for amen right there. And the carry, when you carry the light, you will disturb people. He wants you to run to the light, to retain the light, and to release the light. A baby in a lowly manger prepared to carry out the will of the Father. Disturb people. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. This baby influences an entire world. When you're in right standing with God, you become an influencer. And you don't need the internet to be an influencer. Just saying. Number three, the light will always confirm the word. Look at verse four with me. <clears throat> when he called together people, all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. If we're going to be carriers of the light, we must be carriers of the word. Another good place. Amen. Lasting fellowship and intimacy are only possible when I'm willing to bring all my sin into the light and let the word influence me. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. In many relationships, we feel like we're pouring love into an empty bucket that just runs out. Faith and obedience is necessary to move us forward. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you want to be a person that can retain love, 
get in right relationship with God. Number four, light will order your steps. Verse nine, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. <clears throat> oh, this is so beautiful. The star was there, and it moved until it stayed over the baby Jesus. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Israelites followed the cloud by day and the fire by night. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him. He will make your paths straight. If I look for right choices today, tomorrow will look after itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And, and if you just have 11 minutes to have your devotions every day, then you're going to have to go and find the manger by yourself. But if you find yourself spending the time that the Father asks you, I'm telling you, there's a cloud by day, there's a fire by night, and the, and the star will stop right where you're supposed to stop. And when the star moves, he will move you. You need to understand you have a spirit within you. It's a, it's a GPS that will lead you through every day. Oh, come on, church. Take the hand of the Father this morning. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. Let him speak to you. Let him empower you. Let him anoint you. Let him, let him bring you into the land that flows with milk and honey. Because you see, when you put him first, <laughs> hear me today. You'll live in homes you didn't build. You'll drink from wells that you never dug. And you'll eat from the fruit that you never planted. Come on, church. This is what it is to really give your heart to the Father because the light's going to guide you. Now, if you want to depend on your mind, will, and emotion and stay pickled in pride, then you just go ahead. But if you're ready to be a son and daughter and become broken and humble and submitted and give your heart to God, look out because he's going to take you some places. He's going to empower you. We're so stuck and we're so stubborn and we're so full of learned behavior. If God ever spoke to us about changing anything. No, I always have white toast and an egg every morning. I got to be careful. It's my last Sunday. I might go some places. My heart for you is that you carry the light. And you follow the light every single day. Finally, the light will produce joy. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Have you seen the star today? Do you have joy? Exceeding great joy. It means violent and vehement, a high degree 
and the light will supersize your joy. I look at some Christians, and I don't want the amount of joy that they have, because they don't have it. Happiness comes from the outside. Joy comes from the inside. Worship team, come. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It doesn't matter about COVID. You can still bear fruit. I don't care what season it's in. Doesn't matter if you're old. Doesn't matter if you're handicapped. Doesn't matter if you're filled with fear. Step out. Be carriers of the light. Be people who find themselves open to hearing and seeing his voice. So our takeaway is when you carry the light, you will influence people and they will want what you have. Because you have clear direction that is confirmed by the word resulting in joy. I'm going to try and share something with you this morning that's difficult. Thursday night we were in our condominium the power had gone out so we're sitting there with our phones on the light phone rang Carolyn has two sisters and a brother the youngest sister about 8 o'clock was on the other end of the line totally beside herself. Her husband, Dr. Don Leck, chiropractor, had gone out to scrape off his car. He slipped. He had the back door open. He slipped and his head hit the sill of the car. After some time, his wife looked out because he wasn't coming back in and saw him laying in the driveway. Two children that were home, and he had had some heart issues. Both children were out in the cold and wet snow giving CPR in the driveway. The ambulance came, the fire truck, the police car. They got Don into the ambulance took him to the hospital. His heart was not beating. We got in our car and headed to Newmarket. We walked into the emergency. The word came that he had passed. So we waited till the children came. When we walked into the emergency, the first thing that Kathy said was, I have his stocking ready. I've got it made up. So you attempt to pastor 
the emotion of the night. So it's now about 11.30. And we went into the room where Don was there and some of the family, along with Kathy, came in to view the body. So after about an hour of just trying to process everything, finally left the room and as I left I just put my head my hand on Don's head coarse cold and I was just reminded of how quick life passes and in a time like this one of the scriptures that gives me comfort We are not like those who have no hope. Our hope is in the Lord. I don't know what people do without Jesus in a time like that. We're coming to church this morning. We usually always put on the message on the radio uh, Christmas worship. Christian worship. I believe the group's name is Passion, and they were singing a song. The song was titled Hope Has a Name. It just spoke to me. Hope has a name. His name is Emmanuel. When you say Emmanuel, God with us, stand with me together. Just going to invite you to bow your heads for a moment. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in response to the call. I won't embarrass you this morning, but I do want to pray for you. The beautiful thing about Dr. Don Leck, just at 70 years of age passing, he was a carrier of the light. He imparted the light. If you're here today and maybe never accepted Christ in your life. I want to give you an opportunity this Christmas service. Or maybe you would say, Pastor, I'm here today and I, I find that I've run to the light and I've retained the light but I'm not releasing it like I should. I want to include you in this altar call. So it's going to be in two parts. The first part is, yeah, I need to invite the light and life of Jesus into my heart. 
what we're talking about is simply saying, God, I give my heart to you. I confess my sin. I ask for your forgiveness and I invite you into my life. If you're here today, and God's speaking to you with heads bowed, eyes closed, will you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, remember me in this closing prayer. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, bless you. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. This is so beautiful. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Bless you. We're going to pray a sinner's prayer in a moment. The pastors are here. If you encourage you to come and talk with them and let them help you on this journey. So it's about being running to the light and retaining the light. Now it's about releasing the light. You would say, Pastor, I hear this sermon. And I reflect on the sermons you preached and I, I need to be a better evangelist. Evangelist is not necessarily standing on a preach corner on a street corner, although there's a place for that. <clears throat> but it's simply being in that place with God that we can influence others. God's speaking to you about releasing your light in a better way. Can I see your hand today? Say, Lord, help me today. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All across this place, bless you. Yes, bless you. Thank you. I believe you're sincere today. So we're going to pray a sinner's prayer. I just want you to repeat after me, those that raise your hand for salvation. And I want all the congregation to join in, if you will. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for this opportunity to come to you. So today, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I invite you to come into my life. Take away my sin. And help me to love and serve you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So for those of us, Lord, who need to go deeper in you, we need to do a better job of releasing the light. I speak to every heart that's here. We thank you for your goodness and for your love. Help us to walk from this place, carrying the light and being spirit influencers for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise once again? So worth it. So we have the cafe. We're going to go and share together. Again. Pastor Tom, your wife, bless you today. 
we look forward to Christmas Eve with you, very special service. So let's sing our final song. It's, it's a great one. Let's lift it to the Lord together, shall we?